You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Soap here, back with one of our favorite fellows of all time. We say that every time. This time, I kind of mean it. 2016 fellow Bali Kamara is here. We'll talk about all sorts of things related to his new life in the frozen tundra of Detroit. Can't wait to hear about it. Can't wait to tell him how warm it is here today. Let's get to it. All right, Bali. We were talking about it before, but tell us again how many inches of snow are coming tonight. All right. So everybody's calling it Snowmageddon. They're saying there should be between five and nine inches. Some people are saying 10 inches, no range. Uh, that's not really that much, but it'll be a struggle yeah. for some. And where, where are the coldest places you've lived in your life? Um, let's see. I've lived in Andover, Massachusetts. It gets a bit chilly up there. They get some snow. Uh, New York's a bit chilly at times. Uh, Providence, Rhode Island gets chilly. I'd say London doesn't get that chilly. Um, it's a bit wetter there, though. Okay. You're a well, well-traveled well individual. And then how long were you actually in Los Angeles when it was all, all said and done? Um, not including my my time I spent in Geneva probably somewhere around two and a half years okay nice and hopefully you'll come back uh well tell us exactly so you you take a new job in detroit what is the official title of the job so i am the executive director of the wayne county land bank and so land bank is i think something actually a lot of folks in la know because one of our alums is doing something similar but uh, for those that wouldn't know what a land bank is what is a land bank and what does it do yeah so the purpose of the wayne county land bank is to put properties back into productive use. Uh, there are lots, there's a big foreclosure issue in Michigan. And so after the tax foreclosure auctions, some of the properties don't sell. And so they sit in the county's inventory and the, the treasurer of the county transfers it into the land bank. And the land bank tries to work on, uh, work with developers, work with community members, work with whomever to try to get these properties back into productive use. And is the use always to keep it as a residential home or whatever the property is, or sometimes is it to tear it down and make it a park or what are the actual options on the table? Honestly, anything is fair game. Uh, there are certain properties that we have on an emergency demolition list. These should probably be torn down. Although someone came in the other day and said, I know you think this should be demolished, but I think I can rehab it. And so we sold it to that person. Um, some people want to put playgrounds or parks on some vacant land. Uh, you know, some people want to put up some sort of multifamily residence, although we don't have that much in our inventory that lends itself to that. So then are the homes or the properties in general near each other? Is it scattershot? How do you have any kind of coherent strategy and say like a given neighborhood or a given part of town? Yeah. I mean, every community is different. Uh, Wayne County has, 43 municipalities. Um, each municipality has, you know, separate challenges. Um, the We don't have a lot of contiguous parcels, so it's often, you know, one or two on one street, a few streets over, one, maybe two more. Uh, so it makes it hard to come up with one grand development strategy, but Sometimes, like, so the Michigan Land Bank also has properties, so we work with them. And sometimes the municipality itself will have a lot of properties. So one of the cities, Highland Park, 
uh, Highland Park plus the Michigan Land Bank plus the Wayne County Land Bank together own about half the city. And so the three of us teamed up to pull together uh, a request for qualifications to see if people can do something with all of the properties that we have, all the publicly held land. Mm -hmm. So then as a progressive, what was appealing about this job to you? Yeah, you know, I went to law school and I went to law school because I wanted to do something positive, uh, do something socially conscious. Uh, I sort of got sucked into the, the treadmill conveyor belt of going to work at a big law firm because it helped me pay off loans and it seemed like that's what everybody else was doing and that's the way to get your career off on the right foot. Uh, but after getting my finances in order, I think uh, I kind of could look out and see what else is available. And, and, and I had a friend who said, listen, you know, you say you're about public service, but you keep taking private sector jobs and here's an opportunity I think you'd be good at. So, you know, don't talk about it, be about it. <laughs> and then what was appealing about this particular job in this location? Yeah. I mean, I think Detroit and Wayne County are facing real challenges but I think a lot of people are motivated these days to 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 bring Wayne County back and to bring Detroit back. You know, there was a huge push to try to get us to submit something for the Amazon second headquarters. Uh, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of regional cohesion on that, and that was there's a lot of a lot of vibrancy here. People are really excited here to 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 make change. And then. So it's so interesting to me, and the t- the timeline where you're 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 coming into where Detroit is, because I feel like there has been multiple waves of enthusiasm and some different innovative ideas that have tried to coalesce lots of different groups of people together. But it sounds like you're saying people are still optimistic and enthusiastic about it, and there isn't a fatigue with the next big thing should be this or the next big thing should be that. Uh, what what do you think is keeping that spirit and the momentum going? I don't know. I mean, I think it's a long process to bring a city back. Um, so I think that, you know, some people have probably come and gone and they've been fatigued and they've moved on. Uh, but there's still been enough inflow to either match or exceed the outflow. Mm-hmm. And then how would you describe the reaction that people have to you not being from there? I, I think about some of the cities uh, from my professional vantage point as someone in education, you think of like a New Orleans or a Memphis where there was a conscious effort to have innovation and reform include people coming into the city to add their energy and add their talents. But that's a complicated reality and oftentimes can squeeze out people who've been there a long time and who are doing as good, if not a better job. And so there's skepticism of new folks coming in. Do you feel that as well? Or are people more open-minded about it? How would you describe it? I mean, it depends on the person. There are some people who are, are immediately skeptical once they find out that I'm not from here, uh, they're sort of like, you know, why are you here? You know, and they question who I am, why I'm here, what I can do. Uh, sometimes that goes away when they say, oh, well, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Harlem. And I guess there's some sort of kinship like, oh, like Harlem, that's like a similar type of place that's gone through a similar sort of uh, Renaissance, although the timelines are a bit different. So I think people, people are excited to hear that. Um, but yeah, you know, some people are, 
some people are just are, are very are very insiders you know like I didn't go to the same high schools as, as a lot of folks and I didn't go uh, to Michigan or Michigan State and so there's a bit of a, a hurdle to get over in terms of just building connections with folks mm-hmm. but otherwise people are super embracing like they're like welcome you chose to live here this is great you moved here in the fall now it's the winter you're still here it's very very admirable. Um, yeah, so because you have lived in so many different places, what's your usual strategy when you get to a new city in terms of making friends or, or feeling at home? How does it usually go? It's interesting because I've realized that this is a rare place that I've moved to that I don't have a lot of school friends from. So lived in Massachusetts, went to boarding school there, lived in Rhode Island, went to college there, lived in London, studied abroad and did a master's degree there. Uh, lived in San Francisco, was in law school there, lived in LA, had a bunch of law school friends and college friends and stuff there. Um, so I've already had ingrown networks, <clears throat> but here, you know, I had I have two college friends, actually one college friend and one friend, uh, from after college. Uh, and then another friend that I met in London and that was pretty much it. So at first it was just sort of meeting people through work, but then the line between a colleague and a friend uh, at the very beginning is a bit harsh because people have their own lives, you know, people have their own families. Um, but once I once I put it out on put it out there on Facebook, everybody who knows somebody in Detroit is like, oh my god, you have to meet my friend, uh, my one friend who lives in Detroit, and you know, you go out on various friend dates and. <laughs> and you make friends and you make friends uh last thing on the on the on the job do you feel like your lawyer skills come into play here do you need it to be an urban planner like what what skill set do you feel like is going to be the most useful or that you need to develop the most here as you're taking on this job in the first year um well the lawyer skills are helpful the previous executive director was a lawyer uh the one before that was a lawyer it's a lot of policy documents and purchase agreements. Um, but then there's also, I was a management consultant before law school. So the, the figuring out how to make things efficient and, uh, and managing folks, that's helpful. And just having some sort of uh, social awareness in terms of understanding people and, and, and what rubs people the wrong way. That's just sort of a life skill. I think that's really helpful because a lot of a lot of government and government adjacent work it is about dealing with people. And so, like tomorrow, we have a community meeting, snow willing, uh, and no matter what the content is that we're putting out there, how we interact with the folks will matter probably just as much. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, when we come back, some more questions about Detroit. We'll talk about warmer weather places like LA. And we'll close out because I have an interesting question about Bali and his ELP NLC group. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Zag. So, h- how plugged in would you say you are to? 
state politics in Michigan, even though I haven't been there that long. I feel like from Kid Rock possibly running for Senate for um, just that state kind of being up for grabs in 2020, potentially, like what, what kind of national feelings or sentiments do you get being there? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely am somewhat keenly aware of all these things. Uh, the Kid Rock thing was pretty random, but everybody – Everybody has something to say about these sorts of things. It, it's, a, it's a very small place in a very small community. So you hear a lot. Uh, a lot of people went home from work to listen to the state of the state address from the governor. So I think uh, local government, local politics are really important. Right now, it's 2018. This is an election year uh, for the the governor as well and so i hear a lot about gubernatorial candidates uh i've Mm -hmm. met abdul al-sayed a couple times he's running for governor um and just for folks that are for for folks that don't know what political party is in the governor's mansion now uh republican Republican. got it how long has that person been there is it two terms or longer he can't run again so i presume two terms Okay. Makes sense. Um, Yeah. So would you say Michigan is a progressive place, can be a progressive state or certain pockets are progressive and then you have suburbia or rural places? Like how would you describe the leanings of the state politically? Yeah. It, it's probably like most states and how the nation is sort of evolving to now where the cities are really blue and outside the cities are pretty red. Um, the state house and the state senate are both Republican. Uh, the governor's uh, the governor is Republican, but the city of Detroit is super blue. Yeah, yeah. What the what what kind of car do you have there? I feel like people would, would ask you that or scrutinize that decision. Is that is that still true? Um, I was, I was much more fearful than I've gotten grief for, but I guess not enough people see my car. I still drive my blue Prius. Um, I drove it out from LA. Yeah. I guess no one sees any cars under a foot of snow, so it all bounces out (laughs) in the end. Listen, we have our, uh, our second NLC Institute weekend this coming weekend with the 2018 fellows. What do you... What do you remember about the early part of the NLC 2016 experience for you, this first weekend and the second weekend? I think we came together really closely, really quickly. Um, you know, from being relative strangers to, to being a really tight-knit crew, I think that happened pretty quickly for us. I think it was the group meet and then your unrelenting ability to try to bring people together for better or worse. It was, it was good. Um, and so then for those of folks that don't know who aren't NLC or just sort of listen because we're an amazing podcast, we group up our fellows into something called ELP groups. And it's a chance for four to five people to meet in between our sessions. And those ELP groups allow folks to, to bond a little bit more deeply because you see each other, you go out to meals, you go to restaurants, different parts of LA. Um, and over the years we've had, groups do all sorts of different activities from like bowling to pub crawls to hiking, all sorts of stuff. But, but Bali, 
your EOP group is is undertaking something never never been done. Do you want to share what what's on the horizon for your for your EOP group? Yeah, everyone should have gotten this email. I know everybody got their email. Everyone was very confused that they got it, but they they definitely got it. Yeah, <laughs> but people need to respond to this email because we are planning an NLC takes over Vegas trip. Uh, okay. Do you guys do you know where you're staying yet? I want to do downtown Vegas. I think downtown Vegas oh. is more affordable. It's less uh, less pretentious. It would provide a different experience. Hmm. So I was not. I was not expecting that. I was. I was thinking New York, New York, or the Venetian, or something from you. There you go. I like this. Turn over yeah. a new leaf. In the email, it said balling on a budget. There you go. How many days do you hope to be there? Just a weekend. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll state that. I, w- I have it on the calendar already. Um, you should respond to my email. I'm on the case. case. Well, listen, I'm glad you're on the case out there. Come back anytime, especially when it's warm, which is all the time. We miss you. We'll keep an eye on you, make sure you're alive. But yeah, for everyone else, we miss you as well. And thanks for listening to The Zag. All episodes are in the iTunes Store, Google Play, SoundCloud, on our website. You can find it anywhere. We'll be back next week starting off a bit of a new phase of podcasting. We're going to reach out beyond the NLC LA network and try to hit up a few NLC alums from other chapters. We'll be talking to a Chicago alum on Valentine's day. How romantic. And got some other folks in the works as well. But if you want to be on, just hit us up. We'd love to have you. I'd love to talk. Bali. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Stay warm. And thanks for listening to the Zag. <laughs>